Hey, welcome to the Mousetrap Podcast. Um, so this is the first one. We'll see how it goes. Um, I recorded all this before I had a name for it or anything, so we'll, uh, we'll see. I hope you guys enjoy it. The intro music, outro music, is by a good friend of mine, his band Bloodsucking Baby Hookers, BSBH, out of Maryland. Uh, that can contribute. I'll get more of their stuff because it's very cool. Um, like I said, the time this goes up, some of the stuff... I try to make it uh, not too timely, because I'm always having shows, but we'll see. Um, eventually, we'll have some artwork, which will be nice, too. So, uh, I'm going to make it quick. Thanks for listening, and uh, hear me ramble in my car. Hey, this is Michael Kemp, and a to-be-named-later podcast. Okay, title hasn't been thought of. It may not even happen, because this might be the worst idea ever. Because I started a podcast with all my friends, a.k.a. and going to be my car driving to my crappy job every morning. Currently, I'm trying to warm my crappy car so I can try not to be late to work for a change. Uh, quick rundown who I am. I'm a, I'm a 39-year-old nobody comic. I am luckily in this part of comedy where there's plenty of room called The Bottom. I'm more or less a glorified open micer who's done this for too long. For the occasional paid open spot. Why has success eluded me? Many a reason. I've not had any lucky breaks. I've had some pretty unlucky moments. But that's something you really can't worry about because those things just happen. And you can't control the goddamn things. Mainly it's because, well, here's the beauty. I started, first time I was on stage, September 2nd, 2004. And when I went on the first time, I did very well because I had overplanned. I thought about comedy. I fucking hemmed and hawed. Wrote and wrote and kind of fucked around until my wife told me to get up there. And I did. It went really well. Um, few things. I live in New Hampshire at the time. The only open mics were Massachusetts, the Boston area. So it was about a two-hour drive each way. Hour and a half drive, probably, each way. And I was lucky to get up once a week. But I didn't do it too long before I talked myself out of doing it because it was too much work and blah, blah, blah. Uh, story of my life, people. There's a lot of quit in me. I give up a lot. Um, I have issues like anybody else. I suspect. I try not to get too deep into them, but... Uh, so yeah, I quit a lot. So I decided to, maybe I'll talk into my phone, because that's how high-tech I am, and do this podcast. So I do live in New Hampshire. I'm a former drug-addled idiot, an Asian punk rocker, married, father of three. Today is actually my 10th year wedding anniversary. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty awesome. My wife Shannon's a pretty amazing person. That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about crap. Somewhat comedy related, I guess, because that's kind of kind of how I identify myself as a comedian. Maybe someone say I shouldn't because I don't work enough. I don't get enough paid spots. Um, other reasons I don't do particularly well yet is I'm not good at selling myself. I'm not great at cold calling bookers. As in, like, I don't do it. <laughs> I just think about doing it and tell them how great I am. Uh... Like I said, things have not always... Luck has always not favored me. I always get some guys to think I'm awesome, but then I'm not very good at following up with them to get me shut spots. Or I just can't seem to get in with some people. It just puts me in a weird spot, because I'm like, lucky to get open spots to get 10 minutes. I have a legitimate 30 minutes, but the problem is I've done this for long enough and written enough, but not been uh, working hard enough to build up anything. This year, I hope for that to change. Maybe put on my own shows, put myself in a feature spot a couple times, do some longer sets. But so, yeah, so what I do now is I'm going to do this while I drive to work. 
I work at a factory. Um, I work at a factory because that's what you do when you get a bachelor's degree in English. I've only had that bachelor's degree since 2004, same year I started comedy, it's the same year I graduated. I didn't go to college till much later, like 28, and then I dropped out of college for a while too and quit doing that because I don't like to quit. Um, I am a college graduate, graduate taught my class. I also dropped out of high school in the 10th grade because I was, oh, where did I begin? High school. Most people hated it, right? Occasionally, you find people who loved it, like my father, which is beyond fucked up, but they had a different experience. Uh, yes, when you're the only, when you're the one person punk scene in small town redneck New Hampshire, and people literally want to kill you, I mean, as in point guns, threaten you with knives, it's a fucking, it's a shitty scene. But I had really nobody else around. I mean, I had a girlfriend and a friend who later became my wife. Not the girlfriend, the other friend, but that's a story that I probably shouldn't be telling. Um, but yeah, high school was a daily getting spit on, if I was lucky. Otherwise, sucker punches. Um, it's funny, because I guess that story I do tell is uh, my freshman year of high school. Uh, so I was being punk rock, that's pretty political. I was passionate about politics. I thought I was. Turns out I was, looking back, my wife was right. I was just an asshole who was really fucking stuck in myself. But uh, once on the bus, freshman year of high school, I made some, I don't remember what I was doing. I was going on some political rant against, you know, racism. Um, I live in New Hampshire, especially where I lived in New Hampshire. It was fucking white, white, and other white. Uh, not a lot of what you'd call cultural diversity. Like I say, New Hampshire's... This town's idea of cultural diversity was the uh, peaceful coexistence of rednecks and white trash. Um, so anyways, on the bus, this one kid fucking... Actually, I think they called him James, which is hard to believe his name wasn't Jimbo or fucking something like that. Um, started going on. Fucking making racist jokes. Dropping, dropping the N-bomb. And uh, in my political punk rock story, I said, why don't you shut your mouth? You redneck racist probably called him a fascist, because that was my favorite word at the time, he said, what are you going to do about it, so I started punching him in the face, um, yes, I started hitting him, and he cowered, and I fucking beat his ass on the bus pretty good, to the point where he cried, and, uh, it kind of weirdly ended, nobody really did much about it, then I got off of my house, I remember thinking that night, I'm like, well, I guess the rednecks won't be mouthing off anymore, because it just started at the point, I'm like, well... I guess I took care of that. I'm not sure why I thought that. That just meant I got fucking ganged up on and sucker punched. And like I said, this eventually ended up with a shotgun being pointed at me in a parking lot. But yeah, this was back in, uh, you know, late 80s, 89 maybe, when you were allowed to bring shotguns to school because you hunted, so that was okay. You could do that. This is also when students had a smoking section because people, kids could smoke. Um, fucking bizarre. So, yeah, so that led me to believe that maybe high school wasn't for me. And uh, I left high school. And then, sadly, I uh, just didn't do anything because I'm good at, you know, thinking big but not accomplishing much. I just wanted to do comedy. I thought about it, but I really had no way to do it. I also didn't have a driver's license for years because I had this idea that I was going to move to San Francisco. I was going to live in the city. Why do I even need a driver's license? And also because I was bitter because I took a driving test with a DMV guy who uh, did not like my... <laughs> I honestly believe he just didn't like my haircut or my dead Kennedy's t-shirt. Because uh, uh, our driving test consisted of us, Tim telling me to make a left-hand turn where I could not. There was a truck there. 
He's like, you didn't turn. I said, there was a truck there, like, literally next to me. He made a <laughs> noise. And then he had me parallel park. And he measured me and said I was too close to the curb. Fail. And I was so pissed off, I never went back for, like, what, ten years? Uh, yeah. Way to hold a garage, loser. So that's where... That was that was my younger days. That's how I got where I was. So I didn't go to college until later. Um, like I said, ten years ago today, I got married. To my beautiful wife, Shannon. I have three children. My oldest daughter, Megan, who's uh, 18. She's in college herself right now. Different experience. You know, she actually doesn't party. She... She likes to uh, study, and uh, I got my, I got a, 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 a daughter Zoe who's what's her nine who's just a ham wants to be an actress hoping to be a Nickelodeon TV star which would be great because Daddy doesn't earn much that'd be lovely and a three year old son named Max who's a bit of a nutcase completely crazy kind of a dick but he likes to play drums so which really it all makes sense it really does all come together there. The week has begun, as is good pretty much all week, I'll probably talk on this thing, we'll edit it, hopefully, if I can learn how Audacity works. Hey, I might run down my weekend, uh, interesting, interesting, we'll say. Uh, Saturday night I was supposed to have a gig, an actual paid spot, for a baseball, baseball fundraiser or some stuff, uh, but it got cancelled because we had a snowstorm a week ago, and parts of New Hampshire still have no power, because clearly... You know, we never get snow. Why would we know how to deal with that, you know? Which is great, because every time snow falls, some people act like it's the first time it's ever happened in their lives. I mean, I'm sure some of us have lived here for a while. I've lived here most of my life, and it's kind of a nightmare. So, yeah, that gig was canceled, which really sucked, because, you know, I like doing comedy. I love doing comedy in front of paid audience members who actually want to laugh, and not just because they got dragged there by their shitty friend, or because they actually went to watch the goddamn football game. I didn't expect to get hijacked, ambushed with your fucking jokes about rape or whatever the fuck's going on. So yeah, that was a bummer. Uh, it's one of my wife's family members came over to hang out. Uh, which, you know, it's, it's like when you don't really know people that well. You're like, oh, they've had a hard go of things. Things in their life have not worked out lately. And they come over and you're like, oh, that's why. You're a fucking mess and a half. Holy shit. So, that was good. I guess as a former addict, I should have some sympathy, but, you know, I don't really for some people, because I don't mind people that want to be, you know, fucked up. Be interesting. Because it's nothing worse than people who are boring, but are fucked up and can't process information. But they're not entertaining at all. I'm like, that pisses me off. Actually, I just pissed off people who aren't entertaining. I don't like boring people. Because, uh, I like, I like enjoying myself. I like, I'm one of these comedians who likes to laugh. I'll laugh at open mics at guys that are funny. And sometimes I'll laugh at things that aren't because it's funny to watch it fucking die, but failure can be pretty funny too. Uh, I like to enjoy things. I'm, uh, I'm trying to go through this positive thing lately because uh, I used to be a very angry, negative fucking asshole now realizing it. And uh, I like to shit on things. And I definitely do shit on things, some things I can't control. Uh, I'm trying to because I just get too angry. Leading a conflict. As a kid, I was fucking... Well, like I said, when I was younger, younger, 12 years old, 13, I lived in Florida, and all I did was fight, because it was fun, and I was full of fucking misdirected fucking rage and fucking energy and sperm. Um, I don't anymore. In fact, I'm kind of really anti-conflict. It freaks me out now. And I haven't fought in years. I don't want to. Mainly because I really think I don't... I got a feeling I forgot how to. 
And I think it's not even the idea of getting my face stomped in. I'm really afraid of being embarrassed by, like, having a bad fight. I'm also in terrible shape. I gotta lose, like, fucking, I don't know, 60 pounds or so. Um, yeah, I actually worry that I'd get in a fight and I'd, like, pull a muscle, swinging really awkwardly, or just look fucking bad. Which would be worse than getting my fucking teeth knocked out, really. And I do recall fighting. It always involved hurting yourself, even when you fucking won. When I was a kid, I don't know how many times I fucking did nearly break my hand in someone's face. But, so that scene I'm all set with. I would say my comedy is old school meets the postmodern. <laughs> I do write a lot about, you know, I write a lot about family life, but it's not a lot of family, it's not family friendly, because it's about the struggle of having children while you're still living this rock and roll lifestyle, which I try to do. I try to be open-minded. I mean, I'm 39, but I listen to new music all the time. I'm experiencing new things, and I, lo- I, I, do, I went to college for literature, so I'm really into the arts. And I'm trying to be a good parent, but I also don't want my kids to be fucking boring douchebags. And that's a struggle. A lot of people I know who do family jokes, they're very clean. And I'm not dirty, but they're very clean, but they're also very safe. Their ideas are very sterile. And that's kind of where I get that fine line, because I don't swear that much. I don't have super dirty stuff, and I work with guys who are much dirtier. But then I make a joke about crystal meth or something like that, or... Calling the boy, making a reference to Boy Scouts being like Nazis, and then people are like, ah, they get a little fucking weird. It's definitely more ideas and language with me, I guess, that weirds people out. But, well, we're on the highway, last stretch here to get to work. I do get up to the get up, uh, I usually leave my house about, try to leave it by 5.25, 5.30 a.m. It's fucking early, which I never was never a morning person, I'm still not. I'm lucky to get to bed at a fucking before midnight, which, I need more sleep than that, I'm just, I don't, because I'm old, I'm out of shape, I don't know, I guess I start working out, I lose some weight, I'm sure I could, I'd sleep a lot better too, what do I got coming up, got an open mic, yay, next week a couple uh, bots, trying to get in more bookers and clubs, uh, I'm just kind of feeling down with comedy, which is, this is what I do, I get all pumped up, get some big plans, and then think, oh, maybe I should play music, because I love music, I always want to play in a band, my wife's a singer. And then I'm like, oh, and I'm like going through my shit. I've got like 13 songs I wrote. Like, I've got a whole album here. But I suck, and I'm really not going to do that. I'm just distracting myself from comedy. I read The Nerdist Way by Chris Hardwick, which is a pretty awesome book. I just got to read it again, clearly, because my laser brain is losing focus once again. Staying focused. Yeah, that's a classic. That, 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 that's difficult. Uh, but, you know, I hope we make something out of this. I hope this is something that can actually become... Yeah. Hopefully, if I keep talking to this thing, I can cram, like, you know, I can will it down to 30 minutes of something that you'd want to listen to. That'd be interesting in your ear holes. But, you know, I'm working with the resources I have, people. I got an iPhone my wife bought me. And I got a shitty commute. It's not shitty. It's only 30 minutes. But it's early. And it's depressing. Because I work in a factory where your dreams come to die. Drive it in my black Suzuki Frenza. 2006 Frenza. You may not see a lot of these cars on the road, and there's a reason for that. This special car, I actually had a... I was upside down in, as they say in the business. Because I had another vehicle that had a, I had to get rid of. A SUV. Because it had an electrical problem that no one could find. An electrical problem is you turn off, the, turn off the car and you go in your house and the headlight's still on. The only way to turn them off would be unplug the battery. 
but then that would erase the computer, and then nobody could recreate the problem, they couldn't find the problem, so we had to get rid of the vehicle. So I pretty much ended up, you know, financing $30,000 for a $16,000 car. So that's good. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm getting down the payments. But let's see, first month I had the car, motor died. So that was under warranty, so that was good. But since then, uh, transmission, uh, the sensor thing went. I've replaced so many tires. Oh, God, last year, I swear to God, I went through, I don't know, five or six tires. Me and Curbs had a real, real thing going for a while. As far as tires go, I'm always having issues. In fact, I just had to pump up air the other night on my way to a show. I have a compressor in my car because it happens that often. So there's that. Uh, then my engine died a while back. My wife and I were in the car, and the car just seized up and smoke everywhere, and just the engine crapped out. Um, but it actually led to a great thing because I was able, my mechanic, my newest mechanic at the time, was uh, found me an engine for like $1,500, only 35,000 miles on it, which is great because my previous engine had 107. So that was exciting. Uh, cut to an electrical short, which involves things like my son putting his window up and down the power windows while the car was off, put in reverse and the headlights would come on. Not a good sign. I know that much. Um, so yeah, went back to this new mechanic who had previously broke something in my father-in-law's and refused to pay for it, so I was always a little sketchy. So I had the wiring done. That was like $600, which is why I'm broke now. I'm still scraping by because that kind of wiped me out. Um, so I got the wiring fixed, and that was cool. I had interior lights again. I could run my car. And, uh, that weekend, I had a show in Maine. Went and did my show. I ended up having had in the hotel. The next day, I come back to New Hampshire. I thought, oh, I need to do an oil change. I pull into my oil changing location, place. Got to pop my hood. I pull the, uh, my, yeah, I pop my hood. I got to pull the hood release, and it just, there's no give. It just flaps there. I'm like, oh, no. And the guy that works, he goes, oh, I know what's going on. He goes, uh, your hood's actually already been popped, but it's stuck. So you got a WD-40 it, or else this thing's going to come right up while you're driving. So I drive to a store and buy WD-40 and do like a whole can on my car. And nothing's going on. I'm pulling on it and you know, all kinds of shit. And then I get under and look at my hood release a little more. Uh, the cable that you pull broke right out of the damn thing. Right where the some wire's hanging out. Clearly where those guys rewired it. And uh, so I had to go back to them and said, hey, you guys did this, you broke this. And I got a, no, we didn't. Like, well, so there's that. There's, the, there's, there's their thing. So I'm now looking for a third mechanic. So for a while now, I've been driving around with a car that's got a, I can't pop the hood. So God forbid I need to kind of get oil or fucking jump a battery. That won't go well, that's for sure. So there's that to look forward to. Yeah, I was complaining to my wife after my electrical problems and my hood release. And I'm in my car while talking on the phone, while complaining. This is goddamn true, people. This is how I roll. I go to open my car door, and the handle breaks off in my hand. So the majority of my handle is busted. I kind of have to grab my handle in a weird way, sometimes a little painfully, and to pull it to open my door. Ah, I love cars. <laughs> Don't do that. But, so, yeah. So I'm on my job that I complain a lot because, well... It's a factory job that I had before I went to college. Now that I'm out of college, I still have the job because I'm an idiot. I went for English. I thought I was going to go get a PhD. And my original plan was to get a PhD in English, become an English professor. Then when I got my BA, I started to look into that and talk to more people. I'm like, uh, do I want to spend the next five plus years getting a doctorate 
and then teach an English comp to uh, truck driving schools. And now, uh, maybe that would have been a better plan. Who knows? But, so, yeah, I've been at this job for seven years. Well, six years, I guess, because one of those years I was actually unemployed. In 2009, I got let go. And I was so happy that day. I was so ecstatic. The world was my oyster. Things were going to get going. And then a few months later, I was like, oh, I didn't realize how good I had it. Because I had a job that was much worse, that paid much less. <laughs> Not that I make much money, i got to say the end. Uh, though, I guess the good things about my job is... Uh, I do get left alone, and it is a job, it's not a career. I go in, I leave, and pretty much can scamper out, nobody expects much. Um, I work in a factory, I crimp wire together, so it's pretty much just me by myself. And I guess the biggest plus or positive is that because I get left alone, I pretty much spend eight hours a day listening to podcasts, which is nice, so, you know, stuff like that. So that's definitely a plus. I do like getting out at 2.30 in the afternoon. What I don't like is days similar to the one I'm having in this segment where I uh, had a show last night, got home, spent some quality time with my wife, you know, did some stuff, got to bed about, mm, fell asleep somewhere around quarter two, and woke up at five to go to work. I'm just getting kind of old for that crap. At 39, it's just a lot tougher than it used to be, that's for sure. Um, but what are you going to do? Nonetheless, this is what I'm doing. Uh, you know, the dream is to make a living in comedy. Nearly impossible. Well, not nearly impossible. That's the thing. It's not like I'm not looking... I'm not looking to get rich people. My wife has a job that she actually enjoys. She, uh, you know, she's a massage therapist. She deals with a lot of people who've had serious injuries. Some even cancer. Their bodies are ru- ruined. And she helps them. She heals the sick people. She puts hands on people and fixes their bodies. Aligns their bodies. Fixes their minds. I uh, crimp wire to wire and funnel money into the 1% and build my own demise. So there's that. And then there's comedy, which I make very little money at, but, you know, it's pretty much everything to me. And I do love it, even when it goes bad, even when you're driving two hours for no money because you just wanted to get five minutes on. Just because you're trying to get somebody that'll pay attention and maybe give you another show some other time. Um... Yeah, I'm kind of at that point now where I gotta learn. I gotta learn how to talk. I gotta learn how to schmooze or whatever it is. I gotta call a booker. I've gotta learn how to. I don't have to learn. I just have to do the whole, hey, I'm great. Look at my video. Give me a spot. So I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I feel like I got a pretty good act. I'm just not good at telling people that, hey, put me on. I'm all that. Oddly, November. It's raining in November, 47 degrees, which is funny because like a week ago we had a goddamn ridiculous snowstorm and now here we are it's crazy New England weather it sucks ass in so many ways one moment you're buried in snow dying from hypothermia six months later you're dying of friggin heat exhaustion because it's 98 degrees and fucking 300% humidity it's ridiculous but we do have the season changes we have the fall where everybody loves to watch the leaves change which could not bore me more. And I used to say, well, you know, I lived here, the excitement's over. You know what, though? I never got excited by that. I never thought that was cool. I never was like, oh, look, the leaves are changing. Yeah, the leaves are dying. Look, hey, look, everybody, it's death. Here we got it. It's the fucking visual fucking metaphor of a Robert Frost poem. Look, death has taken us. Now we shall slumber into the dead of winter. Into our frozen, frozen graves. Yeah, that's great. Videotape that. 
So, speaking of work, I got a co-worker who I guess I probably shouldn't say his name. Not that he would probably hear this, but, uh, the thing that bothers me with this kid is that uh, he's super good looking. And I actually saw a picture on Facebook, and like these most kids today, he's got a picture of himself there without a shirt on. And he's all ripped and abby and cut up and thin and fucking blah, blah, full of life and joy and got all kinds of things ahead of him. And the kid pisses me off, man, like, because he's so fucking nice. He's such a good guy. He's never a jerk to anyone. He's fucking nothing but nice to me. And it's fucking great. And that pisses me off because I'm like, you know what? If you're going to go to the trouble to look like some fucking arrogant jagoffs, the least you could do is fucking follow the goddamn script, okay? Oh, I mean, I look like a short, bitter, fucking angry hobbit. And then the other day at lunch, his girlfriend shows up, who, of course, is young and hot, blah, blah, blah. Like all of each other in the parking lot. I'm like, come on, guys. I don't want to see that. This isn't high school. I'm not eating lunch by myself and jacking off four times a day. Okay, well, I'm not jacking off four times a day, so there's that. More importantly, I would like it if you guys actually get a hold of me, if you can get in touch with me. Uh, you can email me at the Michael Kemp. That's the Michael M I C H A E L Kemp K E M P K as in kill, E as in everyone, M as in motherfucker, and P as in petunias. There we go. Uh, that's the Michael Kemp at gmail.com. Of course, I'm on Facebook.com slash TheMichaelKemp. Twitter at TheMichaelKemp. Yeah, I'm not going to try to get crazy with too many names here. Um, when this goes up, you guys listen to it. Like, Please review us on iTunes if you like it. If you don't like it, here's an idea. Just don't say anything. I know it's fun to shit on things because that's what people like to do, but uh, I do have feelings, people. I mean, I used you know, let's not shit on it. You don't like it. I think it was Chris Hardwick said, oh, you don't like the free entertainment. You don't have to listen to it. I do hope somebody likes it. I'd love it if you guys would write to me and tell me what you think about it. Um, if you don't like it and you want to tell me it sucks, email me and tell me. Don't put it in an iTunes review and say it sucks, okay? Just so I can get a chance, people. Give <laughs> it a chance. Please get a hold of me. Um, thanks a lot, man. Man. Yeah, I picture, I picture one kid. There's one skateboarder who's listening to this, evidently. Thank you, everybody. Rock on. Rock hard. And rock often.